Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Stole a Diet Coke. Once in a while, get the Diet Coke out. Went to the vending machine. I didn't steal it. I paid for it. <laughs> Do you, are you a regular Coke guy or not? No, I'm Diet sugar? Coke guy. Yeah. But I just I haven't, I haven't really... Uh, I don't partake in the Diet Coke very often. Except no substitutes. Big red forever. I see you, man. Staying true to who you are, Scott, and that's why we love you. Brent, can or soda? Uh, yeah, can or uh, bottle? Uh, so here's the deal, okay? Okay. This is easy. Okay. First it's of all. Kind of a no-brainer for you, it seems like. No, no, no. This, okay. I've done a deep study. Listen, I used to drink <laughs> two 44-ounce Diet Cokes let me, let me a day. Ready, let me get ready for this TED Talk. All right. At least. Let's get it, yeah. So that's what I used to do. Okay. Then I switched over and said, Wait, to I'm myself, sorry, two, two, what? Two forty-four ounces a day, at least. Okay, not good. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that wasn't probably the best idea. Probably not yeah. the best. Okay, I got reading about Diet Coke and UFOs <laughs> together, and it was a really messy situation. <laughs> I bet it was. But uh, so I had a little talk with myself and said, well, "Self, what's better, Diet Coke or a few more coffees in a day?" Sure. So I switched over to the coffee. Yeah. And that's why now I'm up to about six of those a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but I, and then I really got off, I just drink more water. Yeah. And uh, now, and I'm off Diet Coke. Like, I don't need Diet Coke at all. Yeah. But I don't need it in my life. But yeah, treat yourself sometimes. But man. You once in a it. while, I'm like, yeah, you know what? How about I have one? It's Friday, man. Yeah. We, we've got to put in the parking lot already. That's right. Let's so, go. But just to be clear on what you asked. Yeah. There is no debate. If you want the best Diet Coke, mm-hmm. you have to have a styrofoam cup. Have to. Huh. Have to. Like, it's by far the best. That's that outside-of-the-box stuff that made him the boss. A styrofoam cup. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'll be honest with you. I don't ever had a coconut. I mean, I don't, I don't drink soda really at all. Well, but it like, should be fountain a, soda. Fountain from soda. Name your gas station. Sure. Circle K, whatever. And a cup. And, by the way, I could rate those two, but for sponsorship reasons, I probably won't. Thank you. Uh, but it has to be in a styrofoam cup. And... Crushed ice is preferred. Okay. If you want your best Diet Coke. See, but what's the deal? Because I hear all the time people talk about, once again, free advertising, but McDonald's has like the best McDonald's Coke. McDonald's Diet Coke is. Oh, they're the Diet awesome. Coke. Okay, it's good stuff. Or Coke. Okay. They yeah. put something in there, and I don't know if it's illegal. They, they, they have a, a monopoly, whatever it is. They have something in okay. there soda system air, air quotes around the original formula there we go <laughs> <laughs> they got something in there man yeah that mcdonald's is king. okay okay i got you okay okay uh next on the list is the can wow but the problem with the can the the good thing about the can is only like 12 ounces sure and so it only takes a few sips mm-hmm. but once you get past sip three in the can it's not that good you. Okay. Flatness, just... Yeah, it's just, yeah. Okay. It's flat in a hurry. Yeah. The problem, the, the worst of the worst is the plastic in okay. the bottle. Sure. Uh, even if you get, like, a plastic cup from a gas station, uh-uh, doesn't last. It, it's just not good. It gets too watery around here real quick. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, it sweats a lot. Well, <laughs> the, the bottle out of the even the vending machine here, it's okay. Like, the first sip, fantastic. You get all that 
fuzzy diet oh, coke yeah, man's carbonation fresh. there. Yeah, yeah, good. In fact, I can't wait to do it. In fact, hold on, I gotta do it right now. I just opened. Put your nostrils around a little bit. Breathe in. There you go. <sighs> nice looking sip. And there's the, there's the, the commercial. There's the, there's the panted. <sighs> That's where the commercial comes from. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm going to save this video and send it to Coke and hopefully we get something Should, out I of it. I just kind of spit into my own computer. I didn't see that part, but, but you're all good there. Um, But the problem with the bot, like this, if whoa, I don't whoa. drink this in a hurry, it's even worse than the can. But now hold on now, though. Glass bottle. Where does that come in? Well, I mean, it's rare. You, I, I get I, it. it I, it's like a unicorn these days. It is. Like, I put a white T-shirt on. I sit by a picket fence on a porch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I drink the bottle Coke <laughs> to make sure. pretend it's 1958 all over again. So you're going full Rockwell on that. <laughs> Mowing the lawn with your handheld, you know, non non engine kind of motor. Who the hell drinks soda out of a bottle can a oh, bottle uh, glass bottle now? Careful now. If you would have came back home with me to Wisconsin, we went to Silver Lake Lanes or Bowling Alley, and you you got sun drop in a bottle, and it would have changed your whole life. Really? But with that kind of attitude, not gonna get it now. When I was a kid, actually, like the the glass bottled Stewart soda. Yeah. You ever that yeah, bad? Yeah, yeah, I remember Stewart. That's good. Yeah. RC really Cola good. was in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I lived in Charlotte, I, li- I was literally like two blocks up the street from the Sundrop factory. Oh, and uh, I've never heard of that. You, you go on a tour of it, and, and oh, oh, man. Oh, don't tell me that, Brad. What is Sundrop? Excuse me? It is the hope, dream, and aspiration of Dude. every other brand of citrus soda ever. It is, really? It, 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 so here's what they do. Tell they, me about it while I drink yeah, sip my ahead. Diet Coke. So here's what they do. And I have it on good authority that they do this. They take glass bottles, take a rocket ship, somehow go to the sun, and actually bottle that sunshine glory into their soda. And then you open it up, and it's once again, you have to have glass bottle. Scott, back me up there. I mean, it's it's decent in a can, bottles kind of whatever, but a glass bottle, man. I'm telling you, after every single football game in high school, it was tradition. We we play the game, we won, we go to Silver Lake Lanes, and we get two bottles of Sun Drop and a double cheeseburger. And no matter how much you prepared for it, that first hit of tartness, oh, you're not man. ready. So Dude. is it is it orange soda? No, Lemon lime. no, it's uh, yep. But it's not like Sprite, though. It's completely different. It's it's like a tart, kind of sourish kind of thing. All it's right. hard to explain. Well, so if we had if we end up in Green Bay, we're we're going to Silver Lake Lanes. Yeah. Well, so Silver Lake Lanes is actually. So I'm from Iola, Scandinavia. Silver Lake Lanes is in Scandinavia. All right. Not the country, obviously, but the town. <laughs> yeah. Here you go, man. There's some sun drop for you. Check it out. Yeah, so it's got kind of a mellow yellow feel. Definitely, a, definitely a mellow yellow kind of feel. Correct. They tried to rip off one. Of, one oh. tried to rip off the other. Well, first of all, <laughs> this is an OG right here, so don't ever talk about mellow yellow trying to rip off anybody. Sundrop's the OG. Shout out to Sundrop. Well, I think mellow yellow did try to rip them yeah, off. That's my point. Yeah, there you go. Um, but anyway, that is your lesson in TED Talk on soda. Yeah. If you're going to drink it, it starts with the styrofoam cup. Mm-hmm. Crushed ice is preferred. It will be long-lasting in that 44-ounce cup if you get it. For sure. Then you go the can, and preferably cold. And usually when it's cold, oh, it tastes so good. Those first couple of sips are worth it, worth it, even if the last couple aren't great. I like it. And then the bottle is, is third. It's just third. Some somebody's gonna be last. It, it's and the, the plastic bottle's bottle. Last. It's the plastic bottle. Plastic it's last. bottle's last. Yeah. So it's right, glass the, bottle then plastic bottle. Okay. Well, the, the glass bottle doesn't even belong well, on this the, roster yeah, the anymore. Glass was, the ga- glass bottle. It's just not common enough to be on the list. The, the glass bottle is now the classic stuff. That's your Macho Man and Randy Savage and uh, Ricky Whoa. the Dragon Steamboat kind of matchup. It's it's the old school memory, <laughs> the contemporary products <laughs> just Listen, don't hang. I'm just saying. If not everyone's buying into the glass bottle, 
shouldn't change your approach to it. Go go after it. Go ahead and get that first-round draft pick if you really need it, Brent. Go ahead and get your Patrick Mahomes when no one else is buying into him. If you want the glass bottle, get the glass bottle. There's ways. Yeah, there are ways to get it. Uh, I'm, not, go, yeah. I'm not going out of my way to get it. Okay, fair enough then. So it's not common enough. I got you. If you can't get it here at work or at the gas station up the street, then... Yeah, I can't, I can't. it's not one of those things you're going to go on Amazon and buy like a like a surplus of them and bring them every single that's day to right. work because it's so, about, it's about the convenience. I got you, I got uh, you. So anyway, that's your uh, Coke Diet Coke soda lesson. It's because hydration day. matters in sports talk. Yes, it does. Yeah, <laughs> Brent Morton, Austin Lane, Scott. I got to try a Sun Drop, uh, and uh, I'll be doing that. Haven't had it, never did. Uh, Matt Sturman just said uh, it's really good. He said it in different words, but he said it's really good. So. <laughs> So let's get back on with the uh, wagers. Yeah. Before we left you at the top of the show, uh, top of the uh, hour, we had a few already. More wins or less wins than last year's six? I said more. Correct. More touchdowns for Gardner Minshew or less? I said more than 21. Yeah. More interceptions or less for Gardner Minshew? Six was last year. I said more. Correct. More or less yardage for DJ Chark? A thousand and eight. Eight? Yep. I said reluctantly. Less. Yep. Because I think they're going to spread the wealth. That's not to say DJ's not going to have a good season. I think he's going to be really good again. But I think he might go a touch under that, uh, even though he didn't miss a game last year. Did he miss like the 15th game, I think, of the season? Yep. And I think they'll have more weapons to share the ball with, whether it's Eifert and tight ends Chris Thompson, LaVisca Chenault. Mm -hmm. I think DD is due for something. Uh, His numbers, I think, will go up. So I think DJ will suffer a little bit from the stat line uh, because of that. Yeah. Um, and he'll get more attention. Yeah, the only one that I'm going to go were oh, – actually, you know, the the wins total, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But um, DJ Chark, listen, I get where you're coming from. I mean, obviously, they're going to spread the wealth around um, a lot more. He kind of got the lion's share of the passes last year. But I think with what Gruden's going to try to do with him, you know, putting him in the slot a little more, they're going to try to get him the football regardless. I think he's that special of a talent. So I actually think DJ Chark's going to have even more yards than he did last year. All right. All right. So now we left off Brent with Leonard Fournette, who finished seventh best in the NFL last year with 1,152 yards. Will he have more yards this year or less yards this year? He's going to have less. Okay. Uh, slam dunk to be less because less featured. Okay. Uh, and that being said, he could have more of an impact, believe it or not, uh, because he's not, everybody's just not keying on him and, and they try to get him away from being hand him off, hand him off, hand him off. But uh, I think he'll have less than 11.52. Who's going to have more touchdowns this year? Chris Thompson or Leonard Fournette? Oh, good call. Now, keep, keep in mind, this, this sounds obvious, but you got to keep in mind the Jaguars don't see Leonard Fournette in their future plans. So how many, you know, how, are they going to feature him, I guess is my question to you. Did Fournette have like three touchdowns? That's it last year? Pretty I, sure. I think so, yeah. Yep. Uh, he will have a lot more than Chris Thompson. Okay, a lot more. Yes. Okay. Uh, Leonard Fournette will bounce back in a big way from a touchdown perspective. And again, I don't put that all on him last year. I think some of their play calling inside the red zone was atrocious Uh, and some of their blocking we identified inside the red zone was atrocious i think he will have uh close to double digit touchdowns in uh 2020 for leonard fournette now i got a question for you actually a little bounce back hit me with that a little bounce back i like it do you think leonard fournette would rather have 1200 yards and five touchdowns 
or 950 yards Man. and 10 touchdowns. That's a great call. So can you give them to me one more time here? Let's go 1,200 yards. So he eclipses last year. That's yep. a nice number. 1,200. But he only has five touchdowns. Yeah. Or would he rather have a shade under 1,000 yards, which is about 950, we'll call it. Say he ends up 980, whatever it might be. Sure. But he has 10 scores. Man. <sighs> well, that's a hard one. Go ahead and give me the first stat line again. 1,205. Correct. Because here's why I say that. Obviously, touchdowns in terms of fantasy production, they look great on paper, right? And I absolutely understand that. But I think, you know, with teams trying to key in and everything, like, listen, if, if he gets a lot of touchdowns and a lot of short yardage, I feel like those guys are out there right now. But what you want is the, the guy that can get you four to five, you know, four to five yards per carry. You want that guy that can be that, that dynamic um, back in the backfield. So with that being said, I think teams would key into more film of Leonard Fournette getting those bigger gains as opposed to maybe seeing him on the goal line. Of course, yeah, he, it's a two-yard run. You better get in. You know, that, that's a, you're, you're a bigger dude. That's what you did in college. So, yeah, you better get in. But if I bring Leonard Fournette to my team and I'm watching film on him, I, I want to see the more dynamic stuff. All right. We'll see. Yeah. I'm going to put 950 yards putting this question out on social media. It's a great question. Because guys love touchdowns, man. Of course. It's, it's the ultimate. And, and they really hate not having them. Yep. Like, I sensed Leonard frustration last year. Oh, you, not getting you, in the you end saw zone. it definitely in the red zone. Yeah, there's a couple of times where you could tell he was definitely frustrated on that. All yeah. right. So uh, there you go. I bounced one back at you. No problem. So, Brent, last year Leonard Fournette was the leading receiver of the Jacksonville Oof. Jaguars in terms of receptions, right? Yeah. Who has more receptions? Remember when he coming out of school, they said he couldn't catch? All right. So this is more of a fantasy football question for people out there. Who has more receptions this up-and-coming season, Chris Thompson or Leonard Fournette? This one I'm going to go with Chris Thompson. Yeah. I'm going to say that way you keep Fournette fresh. Mm -hmm. The screen game we think is coming back. We had Chris on. Remember when he got signed? What's the screen? What's the screen? We will identify that at some point over the next month to teach Jacksonville. It's going to the wall and says it all. I can't wait. This is a screen pass. This is a screen pass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Football 101. Yeah. Welcome to Jacksonville. So you actually let the defensive lineman go towards the quarterback, and then you go, okay, okay. But I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to say. I'm going to say Thompson. I'm going to say it's probably closer than most people would think. Sure. But I think it's Thompson. Again, there was a lot of catches for Leonard. Mm -hmm. And that was a little bit because he's the main focus. Yeah. Uh, Take that away. Keep him more fresh. Enter uh, Thompson on third downs Mm -hmm. and maybe even other downs, but especially on third downs. I think uh, I think Thompson uh, beats him by a a handful to ten. And obviously it would be big for Pornette to get some receptions this year because when he goes to his new team, you know, the, the the more you can do, let's just say. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's go to Josh Allen now, Brent, on the defensive side of the ball. Josh Allen had ten and a half sacks last year. That was good for 14th overall. Will Josh Allen, second year, you make your most progress from your first year to your second year. Will he have more or less sacks than ten and a half? Oh, yeah. This is a tough one. This is a tough one because you don't have Calais. You might not have Jan. Mm-hmm. And so now, again, I think Caleb on Chase could be a good player, but I don't think anybody's scared of him in his rookie season. Don't worry. He's coming up later in this bet. I just saw Rodney Gunther tweet today something about kind of get ready for that all-pro season. I like that Ooh, attitude. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I said he's the most important guy on the defensive hey, line. Can Gunther. you can you uh, 
based on all the different things they're going to do, mm-hmm. you can run games for guys like Allen. Without a doubt. Right? And well, put him in a good spot. Now, he's still going to draw attention, but you can run games for him. You can definitely run games, and it also helps keep in mind if you have another bookend on the other side, we can run games off him, too, as well. I mean, you can do a lot of interesting things if you have two good defensive ends, two edge rushers, let's call them. I think Josh Allen is special. Mm-hmm. Special enough to be able to handle it on his own. Okay. And I think they'll put him in position to be successful and be the bona fide star of that defense. And he's going to play a lot more snaps. See, keep in mind, he did not play as many, a lot of snaps last year. Well, keep in mind, when he was in, too, he's playing that big defensive end spot for a little bit, like Calais Campbell role. More. Which isn't his role. More sacks. More than 10.5 for Josh Allen. I like it, Brent. Bonus time. Who has more sacks this up-and-coming season? Dante Fowler or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Okay. That's a homer pick, but Josh Allen. Okay, gotcha. Chase on. Now it's getting to him. He had six and a half sacks, um, I believe, his sophomore year. It would have been um, at LSU because last year oh, – no, I'm sorry. Last year – no, correction. Last year at LSU, Chason had six and a half sacks. Will he have more sacks this year and than six, six and, and a half? That's great. That's a great question. Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. Now, keep this in mind. There's a couple reasons. And I have to make this bet now, and I don't have the luxury of seeing what happens. Correct. I still believe Jan's going to play. Yep. And you're touching my, my bonus question right now, so let's get into that too. Who's going to have more sacks this year, Yannick Ngakwe or Chason? That, that was the bonus question for this. Okay, let me answer Chason. Gotcha. But I do, my reasoning here is I do think Jan's going to play to some capacity. Mm-hmm. That will take some away from Chason, some opportunities. I also think you have to remember and keep in mind that Josh Allen's rookie season was sensational. Mm-hmm. To have ten and a half sacks in your rookie year is a, is an outlier. Probably That's, should have been defensive player of the year if it wasn't for Bosa. It, it's a it's a big time outlier to have that kind of production that quick. Mm-hmm. You can be impactful, but you might not actually get the numbers and get to the quarterback and bring him down as a rookie. Uh, it sometimes takes a couple of years to start building those kind of numbers on your resume. I'm gonna. That's why I say he'll have less than six and a half. Okay. The yawn factor plus the acclimation period that most have. Okay. If you bet on that number, it's probably below six and a half. Okay. So it's probably around. If you, in fact, I would say a lot of people will sign up for six sacks right now Heck from yeah. Chase on and be pretty happy with it. Sure. So uh, I'm gonna go there. As for your yawn question. Who's gonna have more, Yannick Ngakwe <laughs> or Chase on? Yeah. So is Yan gonna have more than six? Now, keep in mind, his high is, what, 11? Yes. His high in his career is 11. Now, he's been an eight-sack guy and, and mm-hmm. eight to nine, no problem. Is he going to play the is whole season? Is he going to play the whole yep. season? I think he's going to – he has potential to skip a few. Oh, listen, I'm going to stick with what I've thought the whole time. I okay. think Jan's going to end up playing mm-hmm. the majority of the season. I know everybody keeps calling me after I say that every show and, and tells me no, but I'm going to still stick with it and and say I told you so. Okay. And if he plays, he's definitely going to have more than six sacks. He's okay. that good of a player. So uh, more sacks than Chase. All right. We got a couple more for you. Now, what Jan would like me to say, say is, yes, I am going to have more than uh, six Six and a half, uh, then chase on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it will be for a different team. <laughs> for sure. I probably sort of put that in there as well. All good. All right. We got a couple more here for you, Brent. CJ Anderson, first round pick this year, Jacksonville Jaguars. Didn't have any interceptions last year at Florida. One could say that's a compliment because no one was throwing the ball his way, possibly. Hmm. His sophomore year, CJ Henderson had two interceptions. 
Will C.J. Henderson have more than two, two interceptions this year or less than two interceptions this year for the Jacksonville Jaguars? He will, I think, have more than two. Wow. Okay. Uh, and that's not like, again, I'll give you some reasoning. It's not really, I, I'm a little, I think there'll be, again, an acclimation process for Henderson. I think he's going to take some lumps. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not over the moon on, wow, Henderson's going to be Jalen Ramsey tomorrow. And you can see teams throwing his weight, too, by the way. Well, I think they're going to test him. Yeah. But I also am a believer, if you go back to our earlier in the week conversation, I think they are going to do a much better job against the run than they did last year. Mm-hmm. So they'll have more attempts. I think people will throw the football at them to beat them. They're playing with Phillip Rivers. I understand people in the division can run to it, but Phillip Rivers is going to throw the ball, mm-hmm. right? Deshaun Watson's got receivers. He's going to throw the ball. I think teams they play will throw it. And to beat the Jags and try to take advantage of them, they're going to more focus on the secondary as a weakness Mm -hmm. than they are as the run game as a weakness. So, therefore, opportunities will present itself for C.J. Henderson. Again, in fairness, I think he'll take a few lumps along the way in this rookie season, uh, but I also think he'll have more than two picks. All right, cool. We got two more for you. So I was going to go, like, in terms of team stats, a lot of offensive stats, but let's be honest, man, like – as far as passing yards, you obviously think it's going to be more. I mean, we, we kind of feel the same way, I think, on Gruden. But let me ask you well, this. Well, not only that, but he's going to yeah. – Mitch, you given it, it health, yeah. will play in more games. Yep, correct. Yeah, correct. But let me ask you this question, though. In terms of total yardage per game, the Jacksonville Jaguars last year finished 16th with 341 yards a game. <laughs> Do you think the Jaguars are going to have more yards this year than last year or less? Yeah, you know, that's really not that bad considering how they finished up. Puts things in perspective a little bit. No, I think their problem was red zone efficiency. Correct. Uh, I, I'm gonna still I'm gonna go. Listen, the natural curve of the NFL is to have more than you had the previous year. Sure. Especially if you were average, unless you were an outlier in top three, or like the Chiefs would struggle with this. Mm-hmm. I would suspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Or if you're the Patriots losing Brady, you'd maybe say, well, even Cam Newton, I'm not sure you'll have as many as you normally would. Sure. I'd say the Jags will tick up a notch, not much more. Okay. I, I'm not sitting here telling you they're going to score, they're going to average 400 a game, but I wouldn't be surprised if their average is like 346 a game. Okay. So cool. I'm going to take the over. Last one we got for you. 106 rushing yards last year per game was good for middle of the pack in the NFL. Will the Jacksonville Jaguars have more or less than 106.8 rushing yards this year? Per game, obviously. Hmm. Well, I think based off my Fournette answer, uh, I think it could get some running yards in different ways. But I also think because of uh, Minshew's ability to scramble last year, mm-hmm. you got to remember now, teams are going to try to keep him in the pocket. Teams will see that as a weapon for them, and they're going to say, hey, we don't really think this guy can see over the line of scrimmage, beat us with arm strength, beat us with knowledge of the game as a second-year guy if we just keep him in the pocket and make him play football from there. Yeah. So I think that's going to be their approach. So I think you take the scrambling yards away to some degree, probably cut in half. Mm-hmm. And I think you take some of Leonard's touches and the philosophy away mm-hmm. that they had of pound it, pound it, pound it. And I think you would say they'll finish worse than 106 yards. Let me ask you they're going to so. throw it more. They're, sure. they're, I think your yardage will be up, but it'll come from the passing game. Well, I was going to say, does LaVisca Chanel do anything for you in terms of, like, I you thought know, about it. behind, kind of like a Debo Samuel was for uh, San Francisco? I think, well, not only him, but Didi comes into play on Didi, that yeah, as well, and how will they utilize like a guy like Chris Thompson, although it looks like more from a screen game type, yeah. of, uh, that, uh, type of way they'll do that. I, I thought about it. Yeah. I just, I don't think to enough to really crash into the stats. Gotcha. Too much, you know. I think we'll see glimpses of it. 
And I'm interested to see that part of it, by the way. Yeah. But I think uh, if 106 was it last year, I would say they'll rush for less than that this year. All right. That this has been the annual conclusion of our our degenerate gambling segment. I yeah. guess you'd well, call it. and you have to answer those two, and we'll get uh, we'll keep a tally. Yeah. Because, well, we should. Yeah. Those are good though. I like it. Thank you, man. Uh, and we came up by the way. The I don't know if anybody answered me, but the part of the conversation we had uh, was um, twelve hundred yards and five touchdowns mm-hmm. for Leonard Fournette. Or 950 yards and 10 touchdowns. Yep. So would you take 250 yards off your stat column to get in the end zone five more times? Mm-hmm. I got to be honest with you. Like as a player, I feel like a player would say, "Give me the 10 touchdowns." Sure. I also think a thousand yards means a lot to a running back. There's just something about it. Mm-hmm. What I wonder is, as a coach, what do you sign up for? Mm-hmm. And my guess is, in this day and age in the NFL, as a coach, I would say, I'll make up that 250 yards in a season. Because if you put that over eight, 16 games, yeah. that's 10 yards a game, less than. True. I'll make up the 10 yards if you get me in that damn end zone five more times. Hmm. Yeah. I- then that makes sense. It does and it doesn't because it's a. I mean, listen. It all obviously depends how you got those yards. It depends how you got those touchdowns as well. I mean, you know, that's why you have game film. But in the same case in point, like listen, a guy like Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara, you know, when Mark Ingram was in New Orleans, like Alvin Kamara had a lot of yardage and he had a lot of reception yardage and all that stuff. But when they got to the goal line or inside the ten yard line. It was the Mark Ingram show, yep. right? So one could say, well, if you saw Alvin Kamara's stats, it'd be like, yeah, he had some touchdowns. He had some good yardage, but, like, was he a legit back? Well, if you watched him play, you would know he definitely was. But the fact that Mark Ingram kind of took away some of that share because Mark Ingram was the goal line back. He was the guy that was going to get you those touchdowns. So with that being said, I guess it depends what you would envision for Leonard Fournette. Do you want him to be the Ezekiel Elliott? Do you want him to be the Saquon Barkley in that three-down type of back? Or do you vision Leonard Fournette more of just like a kind of a spell here, a spell there, a spell here? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, Listen, I think Leonard Fournette this year is not going to be your three-down back. I think Chris Thompson's here to, to spell him on third downs. But that does not necessarily mean in the red zone, inside the 10, inside sure. the 5. I think that's where Leonard is going to make some hay this year and say, hey, uh, you want his style inside the 5. I but, mean, you're you going know, to run For him. sure, but this is my point. This is what I'm trying to say, though. So take the Jaguars out of it. When, whoever decides to sign him to a new contract next year, what are they going to put Leonard Fournette at? Is he going to be a, like a bell cow? Because keep in mind, we're talking about the Jaguars' leading receiver last year as well. So do you incorporate him in the receiving game? Do you make him a bell cow, or do you make him more like a goal linebacker? Because to me, that, that kind of answers your question then of what stats you would want. Yeah, uh, here's the deal. I have said for a long time, I think Leonard Fournette might not be here in Jacksonville next year. But I think he's going to be on some team that it will use him as the guy. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his, if, say he has, say he has somewhere in the middle of that, mm-hmm. eleven hundred of a thousand and fifty yards and seven touchdowns. You're going to look back on his career in Jacksonville of four years and say, pretty damn good production. Sure. And so he's signing a contract that will make him a featured back. 
So I think uh, now does he go into a situation where they already have a third round back and you know? But he is going. His style fits the goal line. He can he can finish things off at the goal line, uh, and he'll he, his style is also as a bell cow guy. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, he'll be that guy for his next team as well. Uh, the only caveat there is from a three down back situation, which he proved he could do last year. Mm-hmm. No problem. All yeah. those catches out of the backfield. Uh, so he's made advances in that part of his game. So, uh, again, he can carry it. It just depends what who else is on the roster. But he'll be featured as a bell cow back, given that he has a, 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 a like a in-line season with what he's been able to do here in Jacksonville. That would be three out of his first four years in the league. The numbers are going to look good. He will be paid for and, and featured as a as a main back. See, then, if that's the case, then I'm still taking the yardage over the touchdowns. Now, if, if I have a third down back, if I envision more of a Leonard Fournette to maybe get two plays here, bring somebody else in, and get that goal line work, then yes, then Leonard Fournette, the touchdowns are probably the bigger number. But to me, if you want to build your offense around Leonard Fournette, then I need that yardage there. I, I need you to, to accumulate all those yards. I got you. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, getting down to the final two sips in the bottle, not so great. <laughs> not so great. <laughs> Throw it out. Uh, it's worthless. Bottom of the barrel. That's it. That's yeah. the bottom. Third on the choice list. <laughs> hey, when we come back, uh, ESPN did something like most uh, uh, or least improved teams, I think it was, from, from last year. Okay. Uh, where do the Jags fit in that? And it's really not a Jag. It's an interesting NFL question. And really, from a divisional standpoint, where do the other guys fit in? How much better did teams like the Colts get, the Texans get, mm-hmm. uh, the Titans get? In the offseason, maybe versus the Jags, because that's where it all begins. Yep. Uh, so some interesting thoughts coming out of there. Plus, we'll give you an update. I like to do this on the show, and we'll definitely do it to wrap up a week. What's the latest? High school football, college football, NFL. Where do we stand uh, as we head into the weekend? Uh, good news on the uh, NFL front, it appears. That's next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jaren Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Fight Island this weekend. What you got in the UFC? Anything exciting? Big. I actually, so it's a, it's a fantastic fight card. I'm sorry, man. I thought we had like a chock full show. I couldn't talk about it. But real quick, um, great card. Robert Whitaker, former champion, taking on Darren Till. These two guys, they always throw down. Darren Till was made to be like in a Guy Ritchie movie. He'd be like the crazy guy in a Guy Ritchie movie. Scott, if you know what I'm talking about or not. But Thank like, you, yeah, Scott. Yeah, he, but he's nuts. And then Robert Whitaker from Australia always <laughs> brings it. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a great fight. And also on the co-co-main event, um, this is the third down from the from the main event. Uh, probably my favorite fighter, um, if not my top three favorite fighters of all time in terms of his style, Alexander Gustafson, who fought at 205, probably had one of the best fights of all time against John Jones. I'm talking John Jones, Gustafson. Such a classic. Quite possibly one. the only guy who could legit go hand-to-hand with John Jones and stand a fair chance of victory in the ring. Well, exactly. I mean, he did a great job. It went to split decision. Now, the second fight... Not so good. Got choked out and everything. Got dominated. But that first fight was legit. But Alex Gustafson fights at 205. 
moving on up to heavyweight now. His very first fight at heavyweight, kind of having a resurgence, said he was going to retire, wanted to give heavyweight a try. In terms of striking and in terms of pure boxing, probably one of the best fighters of all time in terms of that. Taking on a guy by the name of Fabricio Verdum, uh, a jiu-jitsu black belt, um, kind of past his prime, if you will. Looked horrible his last fight. Hoping for some redemption there, but I uh, should be a good fight as well. But keep in mind, Verdum is also the first guy to ever take out Fedor. Fedor. Yep, yep. He, and he, he didn't Fedor. just take him out. He tapped him. Well, keep in mind, he beat Fedor, and he also beat uh, Kane Velasquez. Now, once oh, yeah. again, I mean, it was, that, it was at elevation. Kane got tired. But there was a, there was a time, Scott, where I'm going to say Verdum would have been considered the best heavyweight of all time. He's on the downside of the mountain right now. I'll, I'll give you that. But he's he still one of the all-time greats, and his, uh, his ground game is sick. Yep, without a doubt. Well, there you go. Fight Island <laughs> continues. Well, hold on, hold on, though. We, we got, we got one other one on the card, though, that you just blew right past. I mean, we got, sh- we got bait, well, we got Little Nog taking on Shogun Hua. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know, but for like the third, casual Third thing, time's the charm, man. Yeah, so these guys are, I mean, this is the third fight, Brent. Uh, they're kind of the pioneers of the sport, if you will. Trilogy. And for some reason, they're, they're the co-main event, though. I, I thought for sure Gustafson Verdun would be the co-main event. Nevertheless, though, the Prop- co-main event, Shogun, Nagara, good one as well. I would be very surprised if this is a retirement fight for one or both of them. See, and that's why I don't really want to talk about it because it kind of bums me out. Obviously, two guys that are past their prime. I don't see anybody like take significant amount I, of damage and I their, their never, styles are going to do that. I was personally never a big fan of uh, pride fighting championships sure. and uh, the, the whole head kicks thing and the head stomps really kind of ruined that for me because yeah. that's the difference night and day between a uh, win and a loss. And all you really need in that case is somebody to fall down and you're to get there faster. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the last thing you want to see is somebody get punted in the face, Brent, when they're on their knees, right? Like this, <laughs> this isn't Jacksonville Beach here, right? Let's have a little respect and follow the rules a little bit. But between the two of them, man, I'm really hoping to see Little Nog pull off the upset on that one. He's the underdog this time around. Yeah. And um, hand-to-hand, I would think uh, Shogun's got him if they're just trading punches for three rounds. Yeah. But uh, if... If this gets uh, an opportunity, I'd love to see Little Nog come out of there with the nod on that. For fun fact, really quick, Brent, Little Nog is 44 years old. 44? Yeah. I got a chance. <laughs> I'm making Get a comeback. In. Yeah, let's go, man. By the way, should we start to bring Scott in for right? uh, UFC roundtables? Hey, I mean, Scott, I told you to get a podcast going. Let's get a podcast going, man. I'm telling you. But yeah, that, that was refreshing. Like usually, you know how I, I do, Brent. I gotta go on by myself for 15 Absolutely. minutes, and I, I lose my breath and everything. I wasn't Scott, even listening. Scott, Scott just takes over, man. I love it. He, okay, all right. Very well, knowledgeable. Well, let's, let's stick with it for a second. Uh, Asparza and Rodriguez. Who you got on that? Uh, I think Asparza is too one-dimensional. Rodriguez is the next big thing, so I got Rodriguez for sure. Interesting. I, I would go with Asparza on the experience side of that. Okay, I got you. So that's uh, that's gonna be a fun one to see play out. Yep. By the way, fun fact about Arsparza, her nickname, we've talked about it before, the Cookie Monster. Oh, yeah. She likes cookies. How cool is that? I had to uh, guess that it was a, a wrestler? female not, well, or, or no, no, a wrestler guess. versus a UFC, a UFC fighter. fighter. Yeah, back, <laughs> I, I way back I in the day one. when we're hurting for content. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're, we're way past know. those. Uh, was my, I think that was our most viewed show. Yeah, so, maybe. It wasn't that long ago I can remember Dana White absolutely throwing down saying, not going to happen. We're not going to have women featured in the UFC. And I could see where uh, Strike took a chance on it, Strike Force, and Elite XC had uh, a promotion going on. Gina Carano was their big draw for that. And Ronda Rousey came out of nowhere, turned the whole women's fight genre on its head, and... Uh, I mean, literally and figuratively. 
And now all of a sudden, they've come out producing some of the most exciting fights in the women's division in the UFC in With, years. Without a doubt. So, listen, uh, when you said way back when we were hurting for content, I listen, was joking. that's like the last five months. Oh, for real? Oh, so do, do you want to play that game again? <laughs> well, next Friday we play another game. I'll be sure to type, uh, is, is it a UFC fighter or are they a wrestler? Have, uh, let's give you the latest. Uh, how long is Fight Island going for? How many more fights do they have? I mean, for for a Extended. while? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Infinity and beyond. Well, it's listen, it's smart from Dana White's standpoint because they have fights at the Las Vegas Performance Center. Those are for more of the American fights. And obviously for the European fighters, because let's be honest, MMA all across the world, they can fly to Yaz Island. So it's pretty sweet setup. Yeah, it's a good setup. Uh, couple, a little bit of football news. Uh, Ian Rappaport uh, said earlier today, uh, roster sizes. Teams can reduce rosters to 80 right now. By August 16th, everyone must be at 80. So for the first couple weeks of camp, you can still have your 90-man roster. Uh, regardless, there needs to be two groups with only 80 players at facilities at time. Two groups are rookies and second-year players and then vets. So that's what he said in the tweet earlier today. It's really a done deal, it looks like, with the NFL and NFLPA. Training camp is on. That's the newest information today. To be honest with you, that's not a surprise to me. I kind of was figuring it was already on. It was just a matter of, are they going to get everything hammered out? Mm -hmm. And eventually, I thought they would. So training camp will start on time, uh, thanks to them agreeing on most. Uh, one little thing about the dollars. I, I hate to get too carried away with the money, but... Tom Pelissero said earlier, the proposal being discussed spread the impact of any revenue shortfall in 2020 over four years with a 2021 salary cap of at least 175. So it could not drop below 175 uh, for a barometer. This year, it's 198. And usually caps go up by a certain percentage. Well, next year, given the fact that there's no fans in stadiums or few fans in stadiums and they expect to have a shortfall in their their projections, there probably will be a cap that slides backward a little bit. And that could be the case over the next four years. Uh, Rappaport then tweet, retweeted that, said a look at the coming salary cap compromise also sounds like owners would not be on the hook for entirely guaranteed base salaries if a season stopped in the middle, but more of a pay as you go model on guarantees. So that's the kind of thing they're they're stressing and trying to work out. But it looks like. There's a lot of agreement at the table. This did not turn out like Major League Baseball and the Players Association. They got this stuff hammered out pretty quickly. Um, we got a little bit of a breaking news real quick oh. here, Brent, coming from the world of the NBA. Shout out to Justin Coos, man. He's a 76ers fan. So, exhibition game, 76ers taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. Third quarter, six minutes left. Ben Simmons hits a three-pointer. Oh, all the work and the ben pandemic Simmons paid off. has hit a three-pointer, ladies and gentlemen. We got aliens coming in, and we got Ben Simmons hitting threes. How about that? That is wow. like an alien coming in. Yeah. This just in five minutes ago Let's from go. the NCAA president, Mark Emmertz. I told you there was a Board of Governors meeting and vote that could be a domino impact on you the did. college football season. So I'm just seeing this. So I'm going to read it to you. You're getting it from us. Breaking news on the NBA front with Ben Simmons. That was big. Yeah. And now this. Today, the Board of Governors and I agreed that we must continue to thoughtfully and aggressively monitor health conditions around the country and the implementation of the COVID-19 guidelines we issued last week. The health and well-being of college athletes highest priority in deciding whether to proceed with our 22 NCAA 
championships beginning in late November. We all remain deeply concerned about the infection trend lines we see. It is clear that the format of our championships will have to change if they are to be conducted in a safe and fair manner. We discuss other complexities in addition to the health and safety impacts to include team availability, travel limitations, and various local and state restrictions. We will continue our discussions in August. No. Uh, so was that just like a giant we'll see? They basically kicked the can down the road uh, on that. They, yeah. they they did not <laughs> act. Did we get some cheese on that nothing burger? Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. I mean, it, it kind of feels like an FHSAA five-hour meeting from Monday. You better believe it. And then they'll reconvene and and reverse course, but that's what the FHSAA did when they decided last night to push everything back to August 24th. That's on the high school front. But let me defend the uh, NCAA to a degree here. Their decision on this, as we spoke yesterday when we were talking college football bunch, could be very, again, a big domino in what is decided in the fall. Yeah. Especially with the decision with Power Fives looming with the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 especially over the next week because they said they hope to have a decision by late July. Mm-hmm. This is such a big decision. You're talking about championships in November. For them to unilaterally laterally say, hey, this is what we're doing here in late July about something in November, I don't know if I'd be that comfortable with that either. So I don't. The, well, then why you having the meeting though? Well, because you need meetings. Oh, okay. I mean, you got to get together and figure this stuff out. I, I thought we established earlier that all you really needed was a good censored email. That's true. Yeah. You don't need meetings. But yeah, this is a little meat to meat. What they don't. T- I mean, this is from Everett. I mean, he's not going to sit there and say, "Hey, we got this ironed out. We got this ironed out. Now we got to see the reports that come out." Yeah. And hopefully, the national guys will be like, "Well, yeah. Here's what else they talked about. Here's where they're leaning." Mm-hmm. We're not seeing that, you know, at five forty-five on a Friday. Uh, nice news drop time, by the way, by the NCAA. Yeah. And again, this could have been a domino of what could be happening in college football. Keep in mind, there are two major things going on. One is the NCAA governs the 22 sports that they're talking about. And college football, from a championship perspective, is in that. Mm-hmm. But there's 21 sports, and then there's Power 5 football. There's really 22 sports, and there's Power 5 football. No, I hear <laughs> you. You know, because of the dollars at stake. But so, you can't have one without the other. You can't justify having football and not the other sports. Let's well, be honest here. Well, y- you... you are you, gonna? you wouldn't think you could. There's no way. You there's, wouldn't think you could. There's no way that's going to so, happen. So, regardless of how much money I guess the you update can't justify here that. is nothing really happened with the NCAA. But I'm not all over them for that. I, I, I feel like, let's see what the, everybody, the commissioners are saying next week. Let's. I, I just would hate to see them say, hey, no false championships. And... In a month, we get a, a vaccine. <laughs> you know, sure. I know that sounds preposterous. I get no, it. I but, hear you. Uh, yeah. I think there's too much on the line in that regard. There's too much of a domino effect to lose an entire season, give kids eligibility again, and then, of course, the money at stake to make just a, a decision that sticks right now. Now, what, what somebody's probably saying is, like, well, Brent, they could reverse their decision in a month if they get a vaccine. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but I just think whatever they were to dis- – if they had decided today something to say fault, I think that really would have – Put the domino in place to impact a lot of conferences and schools' decisions. Uh, for now, it looks like they're going to leave that up to those schools. 
not unlike the FHSAA as of Monday. Sure. <laughs> but um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Uh, I, I'd like to get the interpretation from others that follow the NCAA really closely and, and work with some of the details on that. But that's my interpretation of what they did today. Uh, I don't think it's the worst thing um, in it, that that happened uh, today with the NCAA, but not a lot new on that front. Uh, so that is uh, we know where high school stands. Right now, we know, well, we really don't know where college stands. That's the thing. Yep. It's still a very big unknown. And that's the unknown going into next week. And we know where the NFL is. Mm-hmm. It's game on, man. It's game on. Uh, well, it's practice on. It's practice. It's, it's show up at the facility on. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> once again, and maybe I'm looking too far into it, but I am a little concerned with some of that language regarding that if you don't play, you don't get paid. And you're taking away some of the benefits as well. I just... Uh, I need to see what that means more than anything, I think. That's just for my liking. But there is a little red flag there just for me. Yeah, and maybe for some players, too. But they recommended the approval, so it must not have been too big of a red flag. They're ready to go. I think what's cool about the NFL players is, like, they want to go. They want to play. They want to be safe. They want the health uh, uh, protocols in place, but they want to play. There was some question, I feel like, around Major League Baseball when they were going through that. And if really plays, baseball players wanted to play this year, yeah, you know, I, I know they're going to well, say, hey, I want to play the game, I want to play. I get that. I'm just saying I, I feel like the football guys are more adamant about let's well, do whatever we can to get out. There. And let's be honest, though, they, they, I think they've gone about it in a professional way, right? Like the, the, they stated their concerns and everything, but they weren't really taking cheap shots. There wasn't a sense of, you know, the back and forth, just the the banter and the bitterness like to me. The NFL handled it professionally, and the players handled it professionally. Yeah, I, think so. I, I think Major League Baseball is a different story. Well, and I think they learned from Major League Baseball. In fact, there were reports a couple of weeks ago that they knew, they saw that, and yeah. they said, let's not do this. Yeah. Right? For sure. Uh, and by the way, at the end of the day, has it hurt Major League Baseball? We just told you earlier in the show that it was the most viewed regular season baseball game in since 2011. Sure. And I don't think baseball died yeah. during the pandemic, is my point. And a lot of people were fearful that it would have because they were bickering back and forth Mm -hmm. and they didn't start on July 4th. Uh, I was never concerned about that. And I think the numbers showed uh, that we'll see if that continues. Uh, By the way, so what are we looking forward to next week? Well, veterans will get into camps. How does this COVID-19 testing go? How many players test positive? Uh, Where does college football go? We could see the SEC, ACC, Big 12 with some decisions by the end of the month. Keep in mind, next Friday is July 31st. That would be the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So we could get that. Uh, Major League Baseball rolls on. And the NBA gets going. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we're reaching these milestones yeah. every few days. Yeah. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Um, there's reason to be, like, happy, you know, and optimistic. Like, I, I just, like, you know, it, it's crazy because like, I'm cautiously, like, advancing to my excitement of the sports coming back, right? Like, I'm not running to it because I don't get disappointed, but I'm cautiously just kind of tiptoeing, thinking, like, all right, and everything's looking good. We should be underway, and NBA is coming back, and everything else is coming back. Well, and there's one other thought here is that everybody kind of – the curiosity, and you heard it around Major League Baseball. is like, well, I'm not sure, I wasn't sure if we'd even get here. We, we set the date, but I'm not sure if we're going to get here. And then are we sure we're going to get through 60 games? Mm-hmm. See, I kind of feel like since we've started, we're going to get through 60 games. I think they're going to get through it. Well, and I don't understand the hesitation behind that for some because USC started up, but guess what? They're still fighting. NASCAR started back up, and they're still racing. 
golf started up and they're still golfing. Yeah. Like so you haven't and soccer started up and they're still playing soccer. So we haven't seen an example unless I'm missing something of something that started up and has then stopped again. We haven't. Uh, they're even of- playing darts. You better believe it, man. Stuart Weber says at least. Yeah. So I feel pretty good about once they start it. Yeah. I feel like they're going to push through and finish it. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Working on my cardboard cutouts, by the way, for all the stadiums around <laughs> big league baseball. How, how are the Sox going to do tonight against the Orioles? <laughs> hey, hey, do, do you, you guys got that taken care of? I hope so. Want help? You guys good? I hope so. You guys so. good? All you right. know what the pressure about playing the Orioles is? Is you're expecting Nothing. to win and well, win big. As you should. I know. No excuses, It's Brent. like, you can't lose. That's like losing, being a varsity team and losing to JV. No excuses. Play like a champion. Let's go, Sox. Scott, appreciate your work this week, man. Much appreciation, guys. Thanks for having me. Stay casual, Do man. It again. Enjoy your fights uh, this weekend, both of you. We will. Fight Island. Have a good weekend. Make sure you check out Action Sports Shacks Primetime this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 1030 on Fox 30, 1130 on CBS 47. Might have some really exciting news for you regarding ESPN 690 next week. We'll see if we're able to announce it. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Have a good weekend, everybody.